morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. Thank you for joining me. Um, the title of today's episode is Gentleness of Christ. And um, I think the reason why... Actually, I just I think I was just led into this because I was a bit... Um, yeah, I was not sure what I would muse on today. But I then decided to go into looking looking into the fruits of the spirit and as I was I then stumbled on gentleness, you know. I realized that okay, that was one of the things I think that's about the last fruit of the spirit that we haven't used on before now. We've done kindness, we've done meekness, we've done, you know, all of the other <laughs> most expected ones, righteousness, you know, and all that. But um I mean love, you know, all the ones that you'd expect, perseverance, you know. But gentleness, and I started looking, and I saw that there were so many scriptures in the New Testament talking about gentleness. So I've titled this Gentleness of Christ. And I think this is a very timely musing for me because I don't know if you have been listening, you know, to the last episodes. I have been talking a lot about the state of the public discourse, you know, the way things are in the world today, where lies, (coughs) excuse me, seem to be you know like the preferred way of saying things there's so much animosity there's so much rancor in what people are saying and it was really surprising to me to see that well i won't say surprising but i was surprised let me tell the truth i was surprised because i found out that in as much as god wants us to you know be courageous to be bold in you know our in the confession of our faith as much as he wants me to not be afraid you know to speak the truth at all times you know to not bow before evil he's also very concerned about you know the how my the way in which i go about doing those things and i see that there was a very strong part of jesus counseling about you know gentleness and also the disciples after him also reinforcing that message i have just picked out a few of the scriptures and like i said most of these things i think what is surprising to me most of all is that most of the things that have to do with the fruits of the spirit they are not as top of mind to me as they should be as somebody who has been born again in quotes for so long and has been working with god for quite even for the greater part of my life a lot of these you know these softer values that i think are probably even more important than you know i would normally put significance on i was surprised to see that there was a there were a lot of scriptures i mean there sometimes i muse on things i'm looking i'm struggling to find scriptures this wasn't one of them so gentleness is a thing where god is concerned where god is is a thing and i think it makes sense because when i look at the devil i think god is so i think god is as different from the devil as light is from darkness as black is from white as good is from evil and we know that the devil is not is not gentle so it makes sense that god is meek there's a spirit of meekness there's a spirit of gentleness that is of god that is not of the of of the devil so today we're talking about the gentleness of christ and let's see what scriptures have to say about that thank you for joining me so the headline scripture is matthew 11 29 um which says and this is jesus speaking when he said come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest so verse 29 of matthew 11 says take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am gentle and lowly in heart so that's jesus saying 
he is gentle and he's lowly in heart and we'll read some more scriptures you know that i think because i was now pondering on that i said actually jesus was quite gentle really he went through the entire thing not looking for trouble he spoke in parables so that he would not offend people you know and i i think i now understand why he used parables a lot because he 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 wasn't out to make trouble you know what even though he knew the things that he would say would offend people but his intent was not to offend his intent was to teach so as much as possible he went about his you know everything that he was doing in a peaceful way i think that that is the thing and it wasn't so much him going around and disturbing people people were coming to him you know so he says we should learn of him he's speaking to me and telling me that i should learn of him i actually need to really really learn this thing this, this gift of power and gentleness of being powerful in gentleness and you know it says it's a fruit of the spirit it's not something that any of us is born with and jesus is telling us in matthew eleven twenty nine that we should learn of him for he is gentle learn from him for he is gentle and lowly in heart so he says we should come unto him all we that labor and are heavy heavy laden he will give us rest but we are coming to learn at his feet we're not just coming to just stand there and be looking we are coming to learn aha uh-huh. and i think that's the thing because i think many of us sometimes it almost feels like we are coming to jesus to just come and rest <laughs> he's actually saying that we have to learn that we are coming to learn at his feet it's like we're coming to a school of ministry of which jesus is the head teacher so we are learning how to be meek and gentle how to take on him his the yoke but how to learn of him and how to learn of the gentleness and the meekness of his spirit and you know lowliness in heart in other words humble in spirit as well so psalms 18 verse 35 says you have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me with your gent supported me and your gentleness made me great and this is the psalm um, the psalms the psalm is speaking um chapter 18 35 so he's saying that you have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great that is so amazing in fact that one i i i think i would need to do some personal research around what was going on in david's life as of that time when he said this and you know you know probably cross-reference with psalms and you know kings and all the other places where you know find a bit more about what was going on at the time when he said this because he said it's the gentleness of god that made him great Hmm. and you see this is where god is just different from what we, we we see on earth and i think when we read yesterday that we, you know that oh, two days ago when you know the apostles uh, when, when we did the episode on now faith is and we're looking into hebrews 11 and we found out that you know the people who believed god they, they believed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth the way the world does its things is completely different from the way god does his things how is it possible that gentleness is what makes somebody great but that's how god does his things Whereas on the earth, is by being hard, is by being aggressive, is by being like Donald Trump. That's how you make it to the White House. But God said, but David said here that it is the gentleness of the Lord that made him great. And it's true. Because when Saul was coming after him with arrows and with sword, David refused to fight against him. He refused. Even though he could have gathered armies and gone to war against um, Saul, he refused. 
several times he had to run he had to hide Saul came out and tried to kill him went into um, into exile he refused to raise up his hand and stand against the anointed of the Lord and that was what gave him the victory so now I understand what he meant hmm. and I'm going to link this to another scripture that I read in the New Testament it is, it is the gentleness of God that made David grace and him submitting to that gentleness. So the only way I can achieve greatness in Christ is by submitting to that spirit of gentleness. The gentleness of Christ. Jesus said, learn of me, learn it of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. God does not like aggression. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And the Spirit of God, at least that's one thing I know, the Spirit of God is very gentle. He's very, very gentle. Very gentle, very meek. He doesn't like Wahala. Even when he tells you something to do, he tells you quietly. You don't listen to him. Mm-mm. He go, as in, you won't even know that he has left. The the, the, sil- the speed with which he will go, you won't even know. You know? Second Corinthians 10 verse 1. Um, Paul was now, you know, this is just, he was, I'm just reading half of the verse when he said, I, Paul, myself, I beg you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So, this was him talking to the church of Corinth. He was trying to emphasize to them, you know, he was trying to make a point and asking them to do something. And just like how we say, I beg you in the name of God, he said, I beg you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So, apparently, as far as the apostles were concerned, Jesus was the standard of meekness and gentleness. And the Bible talks of him in another place when he said, you know, he went like a sheep to the slaughter, that he opened not his mouth against his oppressors. He was meek. A lamb is meek. When you see a lamb, does a lamb, even when they're about to remove the wool from his body, <clears throat> you see them just staying there. I always wonder, this, what kind of animals are these sheep? They stay there while they are shaving their whole hair off them. Even if they want to kill them, to that's how they just lie there, you know? So the, the Bible says in one place, I'm not sure of the reference, it says like a sheep before the shearer is dumb. That that's how you know that he, he, he opened not his mouth. And it, we saw that a lot, you know, during this discouraging of Jesus before they led him to the cross. When they, um, they were striking him, they were saying, save yourself. You know, they said a lot of things, but did, he didn't answer any of them. He didn't answer any of them, even though he knew that who are you really to be talking to me like this in the real scheme of things. He, he opened not his mouth. So Paul was pleading to the church, saying, I, I beg you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So Christ was known as being meek and gentle. It wasn't just what he said about himself, like he did in Matthew 11, 28 to 29, when he said, learn from me, for I am lowly and I am gentle in heart. The disciples saw that gentleness. So much so that when they want to beg somebody and entreat you and plead with you to do something, they will say, I beg you in the name, I beg you in the I, I beg you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Galatians 5 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, all those ones we know, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So gentleness is a fruit of the spirit because it's a fruit of the spirit, it's a fruit of God, it's a fruit of Christ. So gentleness doesn't come naturally, is what I'm getting from this. 
or even if there's a natural gentleness that some people are predisposed with the gentleness of christ is a spiritual is a fruit of the spirit just like there's natural love and then there's spiritual love it's spiritual love that enables us to love our enemies to do good to them that hate us to pray for them that despitefully use us and persecute us is is spiritual love the love fruit of the spirit that enables us to turn the other cheek when somebody slaps you so the fruits of the spirit, even though they, they may have natural causes, if you know what I mean, like love, joy, peace, there's the peace of the world, uh, you know, but they are higher representations and they come directly from God. And unlike those other ones that are natural, that are self-serving, this one is selfless and is eternal and it comes directly, is connected to God, I think is the difference. In fact, I don't think they are cousins at all if I look at it in that direction because, you know, if one is from the natural world, one is from the spiritual realm, they are not cousins. It's just that one is a natural representation. We can use it to understand and imagine what the spiritual world is like, but they're completely different. The gentleness of Christ. So Proverbs 15, 4, this is Solomon saying, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So this one I found interesting when I listened to when I was reading it this morning because it says the gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. I found <clears throat> I found it interesting because when the Bible says a gentle tongue is a tree of life, <laughs> and it's true, you know, because I don't, how will I even explain this one now? There's so much power in being gentle. It's just that most of the time, we naturally believe that it is better, you know, we get more results by being harsh and being fierce. For instance, when, when, it, when your child does something wrong, I know that as a child, what had greater impact on me was when because i remember one day one of my uncles you know when they had done something wrong or rather you know and you know my mom chastised us and everything and i felt very bad because you know we were really <clears throat> we were really like you know lambasted and all that tongue lashed and my uncle called me to one side my father's younger brother and he explained to us and he made you know maybe he saw the way we were feeling you know and he said you know this is what happened. The reason why you are being corrected is because of this. Not that, you know, that this person does, you know, you know, I said the person means any harm, but you know, he explained to me not just I knew what was wrong, I knew why, you know, my mom was upset, but he explained to me why I was we were being disciplined and what you know it was being averted, what my parents was trying to avert. And honestly. It, it 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 helped so much it made me understand and i know he will never even remember that he said this but i must have been six or seven when this happened i have never forgotten because it was the first time anybody explained to me why you know parents just go crazy over things that he will be looking at it that was the big deal about what happened here but he explained to me that you know we don't want you to get spoils they want you to learn because of the future i say hey, is that why because sometimes the 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 anger or whatever is so out of way compared to what happened so 
for somebody like me it made a lot of impact for you to call me to this your side and explain to me what i did wrong rather than going ballistic so when i read this it really ministered to me to because as a child i never forgot the one person that took me aside to explain to me gently while it was important for children to be corrected and you know what a parent is trying to avoid or achieve when they correct you as a child nobody ever explained to me why they just give you know just how many times the lambasting is over and ah usually what ah, ah, this you know it will be one small thing but the aggro will be so much and you'll be under you whereas truly the parent is trying to connect the dots they are trying to think of tomorrow there's so many things involved in that extreme reaction that you're getting but nobody ever thinks to explain it to the child so when the bible says a gentle tongue is a tree of life i can relate to it based on that experience i had with my uncle so titus 3 verse 2 says to speak evil of no one to avoid quarreling to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy towards all people now this is what every christian is expected to do now i think what is bizarre to me is that reading these things in 2020 is strange whereas if i was reading this 10 years ago it may not be this strange to me but it's strange to me now because honestly <laughs> avoid quarreling now today we fight for our rights so there's no avoid quarreling no you, you quarrel if it's necessary to achieve your aim even in christian circles and it says to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy towards all people all both good and bad <laughs> i don't even know if there's anybody walking to this standard today now but that's what the scripture says titles 3 verse 2 this is this is really this is really speaking to me proverbs 15 1 says a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs anger again this is another thing that really ministers me because i see that now if i look at what is going on politically there's a lot of provocative speech coming even from people who should know better and there's a natural tendency to respond with that same tone it is i mean i think all of us are guilty but what i think why i think this musing is very topical for me is because God is reminding me that his biblical standard his scriptural standard his spiritual standard is a different one and this also I can relate to this professionally because even in my profession I always have to watch the tone my role in fact when I was working in a very large company for many years particularly in the last five years of my stay there my job was really to watch the tone and the language of the communications that went out and i noticed that a lot of my other people colleagues they would just they were much more just interested in what they were going to say they didn't really care about how it would sound so i put took it upon myself to be watching that tone until today i thank god for that experience because i noticed that a lot of people now um, both political leaders in our local context and companies when they are responding on something even when they're in the right because they are not watching the tone of what they are saying they are getting the opposite reaction when they say it in fact there's a particular political spokesperson in nigeria now that honestly i wonder whether his job is to annoy nigerians because everything that he says the language is wrong the tone is wrong and it aggravates the situation that's what proverbs 15 1 is saying 
that a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So, my question is, if what you wanted was to make somebody change their behavior, really, harsh words do not help. As a parent, as a governor, as a politician, as a as an MD, whoever you are, even as a neighbor, if what you want is for you know that person to change what they are doing, maybe they are doing something you don't like. A harsh word is not the solution. That's what the Bible is telling me. It's not the solution. And God should know, He's the one that created man in His image and His likeness. He knows. And He, like, you know, when God, this is why God's word is so um, solid. Because when God says, Do unto others as you want them to do unto you, there's nobody who likes to be spoken in a harsh way. Why then do we do that to people? The Bible says here, and this is Solomon, based on wisdom. And I agree, I've seen it. And I think we all. Anybody who reads this scripture will have seen at least one, two, three, four experiences when we've seen people who are able to douse tension with a soft answer. Even more so when there's a wisdom in that answer. It doesn't need to be done with 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 with, um, with harshness. It is the person that doesn't have a, 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 a wise answer that has to now use anger to cover it. It's what Solomon is saying here. And I remember when Jesus used to speak, the Pharisees, they couldn't come against him because they said they could not dispute the wisdom and the authority with which he spoke. He didn't need to be harsh. The wisdom of his words spoke for him. That's the gentleness of Christ. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above, yes, is first pure, it is also peaceable, it is gentle, it is open to reason. It is full of mercy and good fruits. In fact, let me just end this music here. I'm putting my hand on my head as I'm talking now because I'm like God. The wisdom of that comes from above is pure, meaning it doesn't have any motive, doesn't have any agenda. The problem with political discourse, both here in Nigeria and abroad right now, is that there is none that is pure. Everybody is looking for his own agenda. You know, it's, it's, it's really horrible. Nobody is thinking of the collective good. Or the greater good he says it's also peaceable is gentle is open to reason you know open to reason these are things we are looking for politically now you just is open to reason reason with me not you know he says the wisdom of God is open to reason and is full of mercy and good fruits Wow Wow open to reason full of mercy and good food that's this james 3:17, which is not a very well i'm not this translation i think has really brought out a lot for me there could be we could take like a whole week or even more just musing on that alone second timothy 2 24 to 26 says as the lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but he should be kind to everyone. Can you imagine this? Able to teach. So somebody that is, of course, yeah, patiently enduring evil. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. So that God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Wow. So God is, hmm. oh, I don't even know. Hey, Lord, help me out. Hmm. He's, he's saying here that 
even when people are disputing against you or against me for my faith the things that i believe you said i should not get into argument with them i shouldn't be quarrelsome but i should be kind to everybody i should be able to teach the word and and and, and say what i believe so i need to be able to study to show myself approved unto god rightly dividing the truth um, the word of truth but i should not be in so i should not be quarrelsome as i'm doing it I should also patiently endure evil by correcting my opponents with gentleness so that perhaps maybe the gentleness of my tone and my voice, my language may, and the power of God in, my, in the words that I speak may lead them to the knowledge of the truth so that they may come to their senses. Because honestly, that's what we need though. We need people to come to their senses. We actually need people to come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. But God is saying here that we cannot do it by being quarrelsome. We can't do it by being unkind. We cannot do it by not teaching the word of God. We cannot do it by not patiently enduring evil. And we cannot do it without correcting in gentleness. With gentleness. The gentleness of Christ. And I think I realize at this point that I have to go back and listen to this music over and over and over again. Even for my professional life and my spiritual life watching the language and the tone of what i say in how i relate with people on a day-to-day basis in my professional life and also in my spiritual life and probably helping others to do the same this realization i pray that god will open to me a door of enlightenment and understanding into this in jesus name amen and for all who are listening as well first peter 3 15 says but in your heart honor christ the lord who is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect hey lord hey god oh hey this has been in the bible all along you say in your heart honor honor christ the lord who is holy he said but i shall always be prepared to make a defense if anybody asks you why you know the reason for the hope that you have the beliefs that you have in christ he said but as you are doing it do it with gentleness and respect regardless of what those people believe who they worship who they are what they have said or done in the past do it with gentleness and respect i'm coming out in goosebumps because this is so different from what we as children of god have been doing no wonder we're not getting results no wonder we're not winning anybody to christ the gentleness and the respect for that person's values what he or she believes is not there and we think we are going to win them is it by abusing them what they believe hey and this is coming from this is peter saying this so these are people who took the gospel of christ from 12 or 70 people from being a doctrine that was rejected by the generation of his day to the christianity that we see today they definitely know what they, they didn't do it by being quarrelsome they didn't do it by being argumentative they did it by talking to people with gentleness and respect the gentleness of christ no wonder paul can be begging people by the meekness and gentleness of christ because he had experienced the other spirit when he was saw which was an argumentative spirit, a quarrelsome spirit, a vengeful spirit that would go and kill people. And when Christ came into his life, it changed all of that. So he understood that spirit. He understood the gentleness of Christ. He knew that in Christ there was no space for that kind of 
fanatic behavior because he had been that fanatic who will go and be carrying people from their homes and putting them in jail because they are preaching Christ. He knew. He knew. He knew. First Timothy 6.11 says, But as for you, O man of God, flee those things. That's the works of the flesh. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. He said we should pursue it. The reason why he tells us to pursue it is because it will be running away from us. Because everything in this world makes it easier for us to live unrighteously, for me to live on, in an ungodly way. Doubt and unbelief, very easy. Walking with, in a quarrelsome and vengeful way, giving into hatred and anger and malice is so easy because there is just so much rancor everywhere we go. People are on edge. So God said I should pursue it because if I don't pursue it, it will run away from me. I have to pursue it and hold on to it. Never let it go. Otherwise, righteousness will flee from me. Godliness will flee from me. Faith will flee from me. Love will flee from me. Steadfastness will flee from me. Gentleness will not even know where I live. I have to pursue it. Titus 3 verse 1 it says remind them so maybe I should remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities to be obedient to be ready for every good work to speak evil of no one to avoid quarreling to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy to all people the same thing have I read this before Titus 3 verse 1 it's the same thing someone also talked about oh okay yes it's the same thing I had read it before yes to speak evil of no one I started reading from verse okay yes I read verse 2 before so in verse 1 it says be submissive to rulers and authorities to be obedient and to be ready for every good work and to speak evil of no one to avoid quarreling and to be gentle and to show respect and courtesy to all people so this is telling us that we should be careful not to be disorderly in all that we are doing he says we should be submissive to rulers and authorities and i think jesus said this give unto caesar's what is caesar's give unto god's what is god's i think when i was reading this this morning i was a bit contrary because i was like okay if it is a what about if it is a authorities or, or governments that are doing evil things what do you do i think what i'm getting from this is the bible says be obedient to be ready for every good work i think fine what it means is that you obey in as much as whatever it is is not contrary to the word of god you don't obey to the point that they tell you to keep well you understand and then you can do what you're not supposed to do and i think for everybody finding that balance between obedience to the authorities as opposed to right the righteousness of god particularly if it's an evil system that is against the things of god i think it is god that will make everybody do that but obedience to authorities does not mean you go and kill you go and steal you go and destroy just because they're asking you to do it no I don't believe that the government of any of any nation is superior to the government of God. So I don't I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. 
And of course, well, I, I guess that's why some of us are Christians and, you know. But the Bible is telling us that we should be submissive to rulers and authorities. And I think what I get from this is, like Jesus, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, give unto God what is God. So in Jesus' time, he said, pay taxes, all the things that you are supposed to do, do it. But the things that are God's, by all means, do it all. Because you cannot get before heaven and God expects us to, like the children of Babylon. He did not say because um, in the natal to bow, bow down to the golden calf. You say because God said you should submissive to authorities, you now bow. No. Thou shalt worship your God and him only shall you serve. The word of God is supreme. But for the things concerning the way in which we are on earth, God is saying we should be submissive. But we should be ready for every good work. So, yeah, this submission does not mean to evil. <laughs> so, if there's a, if the authorities are evil, please don't submit to them. That's what we are saying. And yeah, yeah, don't submit. Because it says, submit and be obedient. Be ready for every good work. It says also, speak no evil. Avoid quarreling. So, I think what I get from this scripture is, as much as lies with you, be at peace with all men. But if being at peace with all men, requires you to forsake the doctrine of Christ and hey, then we now know now we, we, know, we know that the doctrine of Christ will take supremacy but other than that any other thing that does not violate the doctrine of Christ which is love thy neighbor as thyself obey the laws do good to all men do uh, you know give unto Caesars all that he uh, Caesars I think one can do that so first Peter 2 23 says when he was reviled and I think we have a standard in Jesus because they didn't want him to preach he, he didn't stop preaching but he gave them the tax. He did everything that they said they would do. He respected the authorities. He, stood, he went before Pilate. When they came to pre- um, carry him, the soldiers, he went. So he was submissive. He, he submitted himself to the judgment of the courts. And when they when they decided that they were going to kill him, too, he didn't do anything against it. He submitted himself to the authorities. But he still obeyed his father, is what I'm saying. So submission to the authorities does not mean you will not obey God. Okay, now I think that ends it for me. Good, good. So we submit to the authorities. We are, but we remain obedient to be ready for every good work. Good work to the authorities as well as good work to 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 God. If there is a conflict between obedience to God and submission to the authorities, who do we think we obey God? Just like the children of Babylon, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and like Daniel as well, and like Jesus. So in closing. First Peter, First Peter 2.23 says, When Jesus was reviled, he didn't revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting, entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So what I just realized as I was reading this right now is that actually, so when all those people were slapping Jesus, calling him king of the Jews, taunting him, the devil was hoping that Jesus would get angry and start rebuking them so that he would then take control of the situation. But Jesus realizing this, kept quiet and allowed the gentleness of his spirit to take over because he did not want to disturb what God was doing at that time because it had been written of Jesus that he was led as a lamb sheep to the slaughter he did not open his mouth so if Jesus had opened his mouth at that time to become quarrelsome and answer them back Satan will have won the plan of God will have been truncated because the meekness and the gentleness of Christ will have been destroyed and his 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 um 
righteousness as the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world the lamb that did not have spots did not have blemish who took upon himself the sins of others whereas he himself was unspotted that would have been changed if he answered them in the way they were talking to him so this is why god is telling us that we should not be quarrelsome and we should treat everybody with respect and even when we are correcting people we correct with gentleness and respect this is why he says as much as lies you know we should follow peace with all men that we should not be quarrelsome i should not be, i should be kind to everyone i should be able to teach i should patiently endure evil i should correct those that oppose me with gentleness watch my language watch my tone at all times but retaining in myself a readiness for every good work as well realizing that in this life god is my father i am mandated i need to be obedient to him as well as submissive to the rulers and authorities but i must retain in me readiness for every good work so that if at any time there is a conflict between my obedience to god and christ or and submission to rulers and authorities my obedience to christ should take preeminence but even then i will do it in gentleness in love treated everybody with respect pursuing righteousness godliness faith love steadfastness and gentleness may the lord help me or help me and help us all in jesus name amen thank you for listening god bless you and have a wonderful day in jesus name amen